This is the Wealth and Law Podcast, a podcast about the intersection of personal wealth and the legal landscape. We'll take a deep dive into relevant topics. We'll basically teach you what we know, and we'll engage with guests with deep expertise in their field. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and many more episodes. So please join us on this journey as we try to bring you relevant information that is both timely and important for you to know in order to engage in this area of the world. Welcome to the Wealth and Law Podcast. I am Brent Nelson, and it's it's that time again. We've got to catch up with one of my favorite people, Shauna, the tax goddess. Shauna, who has no last name other than an appellation, uh, a a nickname. I, I'm looking for my last name as nickname. You you got to. That's have what I need. You have to. I, I got Absolutely. nothing. I well, got we'll nothing. We'll sort it out. We'll sort it out. There's got to be something like. Uh, I don't know, Brent the man. I don't know. We, 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 we'll figure it out. We got sure, it out. Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, sorry, I should I should clarify. I want a, a good one. Not. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right, like one that that puts me in good stead, not one that makes me look bad. <laughs> good point. Well, you know what? A very easy way to do it is to send out a message to all of your listeners, right? So listeners out there, we we need a moniker for Brent. Can't be Brent the man, right? It's got to be, got to be something good. <laughs> something so better than that. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. We'll find it. It'll come up. Do you want to we'll know how it. I ended up with mine? I do. Yeah. Completely random. So previous to being officially called the tax goddess, right? I was just Shauna. I'll say my last name. Shauna Weckerlin CPA, right? So that that was the deal. That's who I was. Everybody knew me. That's fine. I went to a networking event once and it was one of those networking events where, you know, they pass around the microphone and everybody stood up and you gave your 60 second commercial or whatever. Well, of course, good or bad. I'm a CPA with a personality, love talking to people. I'm a little, little, uh, chitter chat, you know, especially in networking events. Right. So I'm talking to this guy sitting next to me and I was not paying attention to where the microphone was. Somebody tapped me on the shoulder, shoved the microphone in my face. I stood up and went, Hi, I'm Shauna, the tax goddess, and 200 heads spun, right? So that's when we knew we nailed it, and that's when everything got renamed and rebranded and all the things, the tax mm-hmm. goddess. Uh, but yeah, so Brent, we just got to put you in a room under some pressure. I think that's where we got to go. That's it. And then the first thing that comes to mind, blurt it out. <laughs> if it gets a response, <laughs> it, yeah, it might be, might be <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, uh, I thought that maybe we would talk about tax planning since that's sort of your your job. I heard, and so I was told. Yeah, so I was told. And one thing that I've been thinking about that I thought maybe we could kick the tires on is the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So to set so set the stage here for for people who are thinking about this or not, I maybe not. Um, and maybe they just live happier lives because they're not thinking about it. But <laughs> setting that aside, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, this is the tax bill that Trump and lar- I'll say largely the Republican Party uh, passed when Trump was in power. And it had a bunch of provisions in it. It was extremely long. And I will never get that time back reading through it. But it had a sort of division of provisions. It had provisions for corporations, and those provisions were permanent. Yes. 
So for example, they, they reduced the corporate tax rate to 21%. That's permanent for C corporations. The individual tax provisions, however, sunset, meaning they go away and they revert back to the way they used to be back in 2017, and that happens in 2026. So what do we do? Because we're in 2024 and 2026 is not very, it's less than two years away. So what do we do? That's what I'm thinking about. Well, one of the very first things, and and this is my advice in almost everything, right? The answer in the tax code is always, it depends, okay? So you need to be looking at what are the current laws, right, with the TCGA, right? And then what is it gonna look like if it sunsets? If, being a big key word here. Because if we look at what's happening right now, literally there is a bill, it passed the House, it's gone over to the Senate, they're making modifications, right? They're making modifications that would expand the TJC. I can never say it this. The, the, the original tax law change, I hate that name. It is the worst. The IRS is all about acronyms, and that's the worst acronym ever. Well, okay. it, fun, fun fact, fun fact. Yeah. The bill actually does not have a name. So, <laughs> so the name Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was a yeah. made-up name because the bill was like, a bill to reconcile blah, 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 because it went through this like budget reconciliation pro- uh, process between the two chambers. So it doesn't actually have a name and the name was made up. Even better. Well, I just love I was going to say, IRS marketing team do better. Okay. This is the worst grouping of initials I think I've ever seen. So, you know, one, one of the biggest things when people come to me and they're like, okay, yeah, what are we going to do? What are we going to plan? You know, those tax rates are going to go back up again. Uh, you know, we're, we're super worried about it, whatever, right? Like max right now, the individual tax rate is 37%. It's going to go back up to 39.6, you know, this kind of thing. There's, there's two points that I always bring up. First one is, do you really, 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 really think that any politician that is trying to get into government is going to allow tax rates that is going to cause things to hurt their ability to get rehired, right? Uh, no, in, in general, okay? So from that standpoint, the politicians want to keep people happy. Tax rates, are they really going to go up? Are we absolutely sure they're going to go up? No, because who knows? If we had a crystal ball, we'd all be billionaires sitting on a beach with a margarita, right? Now, the other side of that is our government, I was about to say our company, but that's how it feels most of the time. Our government has been printing money since 2020. ERC, PPP, EIDL, money, 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 right? And we know already that there's been inflationary issues, right? They've been trying to cap and and handle the inflation by capping interest rates, you know, doing some of these changes this way. Um, At some point, we do have to collect some money. There's some very serious concerns about whether Social Security is going to exist or not exist or collapse or, you know, what's going to happen there. So when people come to me and say, okay, these are the expected law changes and this is what we're going to do. If you're in the 37% bracket and you're going to go up to the 39.6, do your basic stuff, right? If you really feel that's going to happen, pull income into 24 and 25 if you can, right? Um, you know, look at your deductions and credits, right? You're going to be getting rid of the standard deduction and going back to effectively a personal exemption type thing. Is that really going to make a big, massive difference for you, right? Now, sometimes maybe, but in most of these cases, we're talking a couple thousand dollars on the deduction side and the credit side, uh, charitable giving, 
it went up to 60%, it's gonna go back to 50%. Maybe if you're doing some massive, massive, massive charities, that's gonna make a big difference. So really, I think step one with all of this, work with your strategist and work with your CPA and work with your attorney, right? Which of these changes, if they occur, are actually going to hit your file? Because do I believe they will? The politicians like to write rules for themselves, and I don't think they will, is kind of where I'm going. I think some of this stuff is going to get re-extended, re-built, re-whatever. I could see, yeah, I, I could see them extending certain provisions. I don't know that I'm as confident that they will extend all of the provisions. That's so true. for so you you mentioned one, which is a really good example of the standard deduction so they you know they increased the standard deduction significantly which basically meant that taking itemized deductions for the vast majority of people went out the window because you're not spending that much money on medical care or giving to charity and so you just don't need it which is great and actually makes a lot of sense from a sort of simplifying tax policy perspective but that seems like maybe it could be an easy one to let go the state and local tax cap uh uh, seems like that could be an easy political tool to manipulate yeah. that maybe it won't look exactly the way it used to, but it won't look the way it is now. The ones where I, I really feel like, man, it seems hard for them to let that go would be something like the 199A deduction. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you how do you reduce the corporate rates and then add 199 cap A, which theoretically puts everybody on sort of equal footing, in, theoretically in big, big quotes, mm -hmm. um, air quotes. Yeah. You know, how do you really let that go? How do you look those constituents who write checks in the face and say, you don't get that anymore? And I was about to say, those are typically the big constituents because mm -hmm. 199A, just for all the listeners, we're talking about the QBI deduction. Right. So this allows businesses to take this extra 20 percent if they qualify, if they have the right type of income, if, 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 if all the way through this extra deduction. OK, so I'm I'm with you. Typically, the business owners are the guys with money and they're the ones writing checks. So are you yeah. really? And that's why this all comes down to me to this kind of political game. Right. And I suppose it always is every year, you know, even now with this new bill where they're talking about the House approved it. We think the Senate's going to approve it. But. What if they don't, right? So I, how do I want to say it? I guess my my general view on planning is plan with what you got, plan with the rules that you know, right? So as of right now, all these things are going to sunset. You better plan that they will sunset because if they don't, what harm did you do? None, right? You're fine. But right. if they sunset, at least you're ahead of the game, right? Right. So. I completely agree with that. And that can that can lead to some sort of absurd results sometimes where you do a bunch of planning and then after the fact you look back on the planning and realize it didn't matter but you can all you 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 can't predict the future really and you have to you have to take the laws on their face and and for you know? me it's a cost benefit analysis 100% right yes i can go do all of this planning right and i could spend uh, $5,000 setting up entities and another $5,000 with the attorney and another $5,000 with the CPA. And I've spent $15,000, right? Is it worth it to your business? Well, if the QBI law changes, is it worth more than $15,000? Maybe, maybe not, 
right? So really looking at, because I, I am with you and it drives me nuts every once in a while, somebody will come into our office and they say, I drew up this amazing tax plan with my attorney. We have 23 entities and I want to cry <laughs> on behalf of me, on behalf of them, on behalf of, right? What, what, what do you do? You, your business makes a million dollars a year. Why do you have 23 entities? Like why? I just, I don't understand. Sometimes the planning can get completely out of hand and just, you know, we have to separate everything and do everything. I, I get it. If you're a billion dollar person, yes, 23 entities, 50 entities, maybe it makes sense. But for your normal taxpayer, you know, the guys at the IRS is actually going to go audit um, one, two entities max. Like, you know, should we be moving money, as you said, like the C Corp at 21%? Maybe. Okay. You know, let's look at it. But you got to look at and I look at the cost benefit. I also look at what I call the PETA factor, the pain in the um, word that stands for rear end factor. Uh -huh. okay? <laughs> because when you have 23 entities, five entities, you're also talking about bookkeeping and CPA fees and payroll costs and moving money, just cash flow management. I mean, there are some significant PETA factors that a lot of people that are just going after that one last dollar to save that one last dollar of tax aren't considering the, the PETA factors. And we have a lot of business owners that come in with those big structures and then we take them way down. <laughs> you do not need 23, you need four really max, right. you know, this kind of thing, so. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that kind of planning is completely separate from what the tax rules are doing, particularly because almost all of those clients, speaking in generalities here, are their flow through entities anyways. So everything just rolls up. And there's, I don't know, if you have 23 rental units, maybe you need 23 entities for some hope of liability protection, but... <laughs> Yeah, you know, does does all of your equipment that you use on your factory floor need its own LLC? Probably not. And are you keeping it well enough that the IRS won't bust through your multiple entities anyway? Exactly. Do you keep book? Do you actually keep good books so that it even yeah. matters in the end if somebody comes trying to yeah. break through the structure for yeah. liability yeah. purposes? Yep. Yeah. Oh, the things I worry about. Um, <laughs> So yeah, sorry, sorry to divert the entire tax conversation here, but you know, from a big picture, are we as a tax firm, as a strategy firm, are we looking at this? Yes, right. But I would say we're looking at it with like a 20% lens, really, really honestly, because yeah. so much can change between now and then, right? We've got political things coming up again. We're back into the, the system of the pol political cycle, you know, all this kind of stuff. So much can change between now today and December 31st, 2025, I think a lot more concerns about the TCGA are gonna come up as we start getting to like May or June of 2025. Because by then I think we'll have a better idea of what's happening with the economy, what's happening with all this free printed money that the government was shipping out, um, what's happening in the political realm, like who's got what, you know, these kinds of things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. and. That gives me a little bit of a night of a, a heart attack to think about. But the <laughs> I have a I have a lot of clients who are somewhere in between or maybe slightly above, say, existing versus historic estate tax exemptions. And they're kind of sitting on the sidelines, yeah. not really sure what to do. 
That and is we're... one area. And, and sorry, sorry to I'm sorry. Clearly, no, no, I'm ahead. very passionate about this. No, 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 no. Go ahead. That, go ahead. That is the one area. I, I to me, if they're going to cut anything, that's where they're going to cut it, right? Because, they do I mean, really, love that topic love as that a political one. football. They really like Every it. Time. And, you know, I'm looking at it going, listen, if you have not done your estate planning, like get on it. It's not going to go down. There's no way it's going to go down. Or I'm sorry, it's not going to go up, right? Other than the adjustment, the inflation adjustment or whatever, right? It's much more likely to go down. That to me, that's an 80-20. So. I, I agree with you. I don't see that one going up. That'd be a big yeah. shock to me if it went up. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps... If many stars align after the election, it could go up. But you, everything would have to align in favor of the Republicans. And I don't know if it's going to add that. The certainty of that is not great. So the uh, particularly because of the candidates we've got running. But, you know, the certainty is not clear either way. <laughs> no. Whether they're appealable to the masses, I don't know. So. I have a, I have a lot of those clients who are kind of sitting on the sideline. That um, is frightening to me from from two perspectives. Okay, so number one, sort of conventional wisdom, for example, on the estate tax side of things as well. If you're going to make gifts now, yeah. then you really have to make gifts that exceed your uh, 2017 exemption amount, which was five million adjusted for inflation. Yeah. So. Because if you don't, you're not eating into the extra amount. That's sort of the theory. Right. So for a married couple, that means you've got to give away more than 10 million. If you only have only have 15 or 20 to your name, yeah. it might be a difficult pill to swallow to give That's away easier. that kind of money. Okay. Yeah. And you know, we come up with all sorts of ways to like give it away, but not really give it away, whatever. But I was just about to say it's all about control, people. Come on, we're good. We're right. Good. But that holds <laughs> but that holds people back from doing any sort Absolutely. of of that that gifting. If yep. the exemptions then go down, then they could be in a situation where now they have a taxable estate. And that, of course, is not a, a very friendly place to be in either. So yep. so that that makes me a little bit concerned. The second thing that makes me concerned about this setup is that let's assume that the chronology of events is the way that you described it, which I think is probably pretty accurate. You get to May or June. Yeah. All of a sudden, people start to think things, right? Yeah. People in Washington start to yap their yaps. You know what happened in the election. You have functionally, at that point, you have four months to do what you need to do. And there is not enough time in the day, every day, for four months for me to do all that work. Well, they're going to work for you and you're going to have to go hire staff and they're going to have to pay you triple to be able to hire staff to get stuff done. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's just like my capacity to do all of that work for that volume of people is not, it doesn't exist. And so I already know that. And that is the thing that starts to get me really nervous. There's a, there's a, there's a second piece to it, by the way. Yeah. Which is that the old conventional wisdom. Yeah. When the exemptions were lower was that you always make gifts as soon as possible because the the money or property that give away is going to appreciate in value. Yep. And so all that appreciation, the sooner you get it out of your hands, the sooner it appreciates yeah. out of your hands, and the, the more you save on a state tax. Yeah. That conventional wisdom still exists because like that's still the way economics work. Yeah. But people don't follow it anymore. And I I fear inaction because people don't follow that convention is costing people money in the long run. 
I'm, I'm like in love with you. And there's like 80 things. <laughs> yeah, 100%, right? You, you get people that won't do it because of fear, right? That's, that's, and that's always been a big driver, right? You get people that, well, I will never die. I've literally had a client tell me that. I'm like, so you figured out the <laughs> cyborg thing? Like, how is that going to work? I don't understand how that works, but okay, whatever. I'm never, I'm never going to die. You get a lot of cases these days where it's actually more of a family or, or it can lead into family issues, right? I have two kids, but one's a druggie and the other one doesn't do anything. It's a, a loaf around or whatever, right? I don't want to give them anything. I'd rather my money go to charity or whatever, right? So you get that kind of thing. Um, and then, of course, you have mm -hmm. the fourth one, which I think is because there's so much insecurity about will Social Security be around? Do I have enough money to pay for medical bills? Are medical bills going to quadruple by the time I get to that age? Is the real estate market going to crash again? And is it going to crash the day before I decide to retire? Right. Like you get all of this kind of uh, not knowing in that pattern as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the hardest part is as professionals, both you and I can say, listen, logically, this is what you should do, right? And we have it all laid out. And I mean, you have clients that do this. So do I. We set up all the things. We set up the trust. We set up the, the LLCs. We set up the partnership, FLPs, family limited partnerships, all the things. We set up all the things, but they never fund them. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that's great. You made the first step. Yay. <laughs> right? But if you never actually fund it. And, and there comes a point, I've literally had clients tell me, listen, I don't know what I want to do, and I'm going to leave that problem for my heirs. I don't care. Whatever's left over is what the government gets. They, they take whatever it's going to be, and my heirs can have whatever's left over. And so you get a lot of people that are just kind of tired of thinking about it. You know, I'm mm -hmm. just not even sure how else to call that. So mm -hmm. um, professional to professional, and to all of our audience out there, right? Do what you're supposed to do, okay? <laughs> listen to Brent. Listen to your CPA, listen to your tax strategies. Okay. You, you got to do what you're supposed to do, but it's your life and it's your money. And if you want to leave half of it to the government, so be it. Right. You make a very good point, which um, I think is easy for commentators to forget sometimes because it is very easy to talk about like, what is the logical yep. thing to do? What is the sort of reasonable thing that, that you would do under the circumstances? People don't act reasonably. Nope. And Emotional comes first. Every A hundred percent. You you and I included. We all make decisions yep. on emotional base on an emotional basis. This is not up for debate. This has been well studied. So you have to always remember in the end, clients will be the same because they're just humans and they will make emotional decisions. And if you can help them to make the right emotional decision, that's where you add the value. Hundred percent. 100%. And sometimes that means you have to be a little bit mean. You got to poke them a little bit saying, you sure? You sure you want the government to have 50%, 60%, whatever they're going to get? Like, really? 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 Mm -hmm. So, yeah, sometimes you got to be a little mean. So, Well, I haven't seen any of those clients writing checks of donations to the government, like, you know, getting out, <laughs> getting out their checkbook and writing a million dollar check and just sending it to the IRS yeah. saying, here you yeah. go. Here you go. You can. You actually you can. can. They this will take true. the money. They will take yes, donations. Will. But I have yeah. yet to have a client say, I really, in doing our charitable planning this year, I really want to make a donation to the federal government. No. Not one. No. Amazing. Amazing, isn't I it? I did have one. I had one. He wrote a check for one penny so that they had to spend more time processing. He, he did. <laughs> they had to spend more time processing than they got in the donation. He did. That's one. funny. But anyway. That's very um, clever. Yeah. You know, what do you, what do you do? So, yeah. <laughs> well, 
uh, I appreciate your perspective on this because it's, as I say, in the in the sort of lead in here, it's been something that I've been thinking about, and it sounds like you and I are kind of thinking about it in similar ways, which gives me some comfort. Aww. Well, I mean, really, as you said, it it is the job of the professional to bring both the logical, right? This this is what it should be. Let's run the numbers. Here's the spreadsheet. You can't you can't lie with math. I mean, it it is what it is. Right. This is what the numbers look like, right? Um, but also to be that confidant and that external piece of ear and you know that trusted relationship right because you got to have the emotional and the logical and people justify with logic but they decide with emotion so 100 mm -hmm. yep yeah. wisely put well shauna uh let's leave it there because i don't want to keep you all day long which i easily could <laughs> but um if people are trying to connect with you what what's the easiest way for them to do that Yep, so we are super easy to find, taxgoddess.com. Uh, we specialize in tax strategy. So if you are worried about what's gonna happen in 2026, at this point in time, you have a year and 10 months to do something about it. So <laughs> start planning. Clock Early is running. Early is always better. Early is always better, right? So yeah, just reach out to us. You'll meet the team and see how we can help, so. Very good. And I'll have links and stuff in the show notes. Oh, sorry, you have something Ooh. else? No, can I add one more thing? We had something really exciting happened. I can't believe I forgot. We did, I wrote my second book. It got published Amazon bestseller, 6% nice. life. Thank you. Um, so listen, if you're paying more than 6%, you're doing it wrong. This is the actual average. Our clients are at 6.92% tax rates. So if you're paying more than that, you definitely need strategy. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Got Hey. We can put uh, links to the book as well um, in the show notes so people can check that out. But love congratulations it. on doing Thank that. That's that's a huge endeavor. Well, you know, I love educating. And so it's so kind of you to have me on today to talk about these topics, because I really do honestly believe nobody from, from our littlest, littlest children all the way up to entrepreneurs that are 75, 80 years old, right? They've been running their business forever. Nobody gets the true education that they should. They're not taught how to manage money. They're not taught how to save their family, how to build empires. None of this stuff is just taught. So if you're not out seeking it, right, which all of your audience, obviously, you're here listening today, seeking the knowledge, so good for you. But if you're not out seeking it, you're not going to find it. So good job for the listeners to be here listening to such experts. Yeah, I agree. Shauna, <laughs> thank you again. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Hey listeners, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. It's fun to do it for you. If you're enjoying it, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to my blog at wealthandlaw.com and follow me on social media at wealthandlaw. I'll see you there.